Opinions expressed on the Ice Free Fitness podcast are those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent Blind Alive. No comments are meant to diagnose or treat any particular condition, but to assist you on your journey to wellness. Please consult your doctor if your questions are of a medical nature. Hello and welcome to Podcast 56. I'm very glad you could join us for today's podcast and I think you will find it a real treat and I hope that you do. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you that if you subscribe to our newsletter, or really even for that matter, if you order something from our website, that it's helpful to check your junk or spam folder. This seems to be the case, especially for those of you who have Gmail. Sometimes you might subscribe to our newsletter and you won't receive it, or you'll order something and you won't get the email with the download link. Every once in a while, glitches do happen, and it could be that it genuinely did not make its way to your inbox. However, as I said, if you are a Gmail subscriber, or if you have other email services as well, it sometimes happens that that will end up in your junk or spam folder. So please do check those out. It could be that you're not only missing emails from us, but other ones that you might want to get as well. I'm happy to let you know that as of the time of this podcast, our newest workout has been released. We have just released the whole body stretch and On today's podcast, Mel speaks with Barb Seiden. They created the workout together. They'll be talking about it and about all the wonderful benefits of stretching. And then Mel takes us on a tour of an unlikely place, the inside of your own body. She'll talk about the organs and fluids that make up your body and keep it functioning optimally. So if you've ever wondered where exactly your kidneys are located, or where you might find your liver, we hope that this little walkthrough will help. But first, here are Mel Scott and Barb Seiden to talk about the whole body stretch, the newest workout from Blind Alive. Hey, Barb's good to have you back on my podcast again. Thank you so much, Mel, for having me. Yeah, so tell us, uh, tell us again a little bit about who you are, and what your background is. And just so people know, we're going to be talking about uh, stretching today and all the aspects of why you stretch and when you stretch and how you stretch. And uh, Barb's going to help us out because she's got all that information in her brain. (laughs) (laughs) I've been stretching a long time. I actually, my, uh, my background, I was a gymnast when I was younger. So there is a lot of stretching that's necessary for that sport. Oh, I didn't know um, that. And yeah, I was. So I could do uh, some toe touching and things like that. And it's interesting how over time your body changes <laughs> and what you can and can't do. But so I was very athletic growing up. I'm currently a personal trainer. I also teach swim lessons to people of all ages and abilities. And with my personal training experience, I'm certified through an organization called ACE. And we do all different types of exercise with our clients, small group, individual clients, and including stretching. 
So whenever I'm working with a client, every single time we work together, there is a stretching component. And sometimes that's all we do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we need to, we need to stretch every day. So we, we've got that settled. We know we need to stretch every day. So, so why do we need to stretch every day? Well, stretching has both physical and emotional uh, abilities to help us. Uh, physically, it helps prevent injury. It helps prevent soreness. It increases our range of motion so we can move our bodies a little bit better um, and reach a little bit higher whenever we are fully stretched. Um, emotionally, uh, there's a lot of research that shows that the process of stretching your body helps relax you and helps relieve stress and tension. Absolutely. And I mean, I know it does. And yoga is a lot about stretching, but it's also about strengthening. And Mm -hmm. stretching does have a component of strengthening with it, because you are inherently, if you're stretching one side, you're going to be contracting another part of your body in, in some way. So stretching goes along with strengthening. And but, you know, and it, and it also lubricates your joints, you know, so that you mm-hmm. can you can move. You know, we just need to move freely. And if we don't stretch, we get contracted. Exactly. Uh, I, I love the point that you made about stretching and strengthening. And I'll use that as an example for my clients. Whenever we're doing strengthening exercises, I'll say, now think about the opposite movement to what you just did. And that's stretching that muscle. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that. So we know why we need to stretch. And also another part of, of stretching is about circulation, particularly mm-hmm. in the morning. You know, you've been still all night, curled up in a ball, and we, we naturally have this instinct, like cats and dogs, to stretch, stretch our bodies out. And we do that for a reason, you know, naturally do that for a reason. And it has to do with fluids pooling in our, in our joints and in our, in our muscles. And so stretching helps to actually move blood in and out of muscles and joints, which might not happen if we didn't move. Definitely. And, and a good point with that is another reason why you would stretch is to alleviate cramps. So if you've ever had a side cramp or cramp in your calf. Like I know whenever I was pregnant, I used to get get, uh, cramps in my calves, especially at nighttime. And that process of stretching relieves the cramping sensation, but it also elongates those muscles. um, and, And it's very helpful. And if you just think about it, like a cat in the morning, they wake up and in my case, my cat in the afternoon, he wakes up and he stretches and you see that specific cat stretch with the arched back because they're just getting the blood flowing, um, releasing any toxins from their body so that they can move on. Yeah. And that, that's like a downward facing dog or upward facing dog. It's because those, those are the positions that dogs mm-hmm. do. They wake up and they stretch and they yawn and they, they stretch their body just completely out. I, I have to, I have to tell you a story. Uh, when I was pregnant, I had those really strong calf contractions as well. And so mm-hmm. I decided to use them as labor opportunities. <laughs> 
that's what I called them, my labor opportunities. So whenever I would get that contraction, I would just breathe into it, and I wouldn't stretch. I wouldn't move. I would just lie there and breathe into that contraction and just let my body do what it needed to do, and it would it gradually released whether I did anything or not. You know, it was you practiced. I did. I practiced. So I did. <laughs> that's a great idea. Not me. No, nope. I was uncomfortable with cramps. First thing I want to do is massage it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. So let's talk about uh, how we stretch. Well, there are a number of different types of stretches that you can do. And if you bear with me, I'm going to kind of go through the list of different stretches and why we do that type of stretch and when we do that type of stretch. So a traditional stretch that most people think about is whenever you're reaching down or reaching up and holding that stretch. And that's called a static stretch. And so that is something that you would hold for 20 to 30 seconds, um, feeling yourself elongated. Um, If you're doing the stretch yourself, it's considered an active stretch. If you're having somebody else help you, it's called a passive stretch. So those are active and passive static stretching is typically what people think of. But there's also something called dynamic stretching. And this is stretching by continuously moving. And you'll see dynamic stretching done a lot with athletes before they work out. And it's instead of holding the stretch, they move through the stretch and gently do the stretches um, fluidly. And there's a lot of research that shows for athletics, doing that type of a stretching before working out helps prevent injuries. Now, another stretch that I remember my grandmother doing, that's uh, called a ballistic stretch. Ooh. And this is when you bounce. Yeah, those are yeah, cool you don't anymore. see that. <laughs> No, they're really not. The only time that you would ever even think of doing a ballistic stretch where you're bouncing and trying to re-stretch and re-stretch over and over is after you've already stretched. So if you've done your static stretching routine, maybe the ballistic stretching can come in later just for fun or relaxation. But I honestly never do ballistic stretching with my clients. But I want to bring that up because a lot of people think that it's the right thing to do. No. Yeah, I I know it was cool for a while, but, you know, it's it really it's not the thing to do anymore. I don't think because I think you can you can hurt yourself pretty easily with a high rate of injury. It does not help in the sense of um, preventing injury and releasing any pain or discomfort. It just doesn't do that, um, and I'm not so I'm not even sure why people used to do that, but it maybe it felt good, and that's why people did it. <laughs> but one type of another type of stretch that feels really good for most people is called myofascial release, mm. and this is a, I think a fun type of stretch where you would use an object like a foam roller or a tennis ball, or some people use lacrosse balls. And you would roll or rub that object along the muscle group that you're trying to stretch. Yes, I love that. And just that rolling back and forth, it feels wonderful. I did that. I actually did that this morning. I I worked out yesterday, and I think I did did a little bit of something 
somehow the wrong way. I don't know. So I got out my phone roller this morning and was just lying on that, trying to get that thing worked out. Yeah, I love foam roller. You know, maybe someday we could do a foam a foam roller uh, workout or stretching or whatever you want to call it, routine. Well, and it's interesting. Okay, I'm going to just segue a little bit to another area that I specialize in and working with um, people with special needs. And I've actually come up with a workout for one of my young clients who is autistic to use the foam roller because he tends to be very tight, but he doesn't quite have the capabilities of stretching on his own. So we've pulled out a foam roller because it's a fun object and taught him how to roll on it. Oh, that's a great idea. And so he's getting getting sensory um, input from that. He's getting his stretching that he needs, and he's having fun. I think, yeah, I think they are fun. And, and they're, they, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is not the direction we wanted to go in, but they are fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but it is stretching. It's a type of stretching. Yeah. So for some people, if they don't have necessarily, say, the mobility to be on the ground or to be standing for a long period of time, they can use an object and rub that object over the muscle group that is sore or they want to increase the flexibility of. Well, now we know what our next project can be. <laughs> there you go. So, Barb, let's let's talk about the workout we just created. We did. We created a full-body stretching workout. And the way that we created it was to address major muscle groups. So throughout our body, we have lots and lots of different muscles. But they're generally grouped together so that you can either strengthen or stretch or increase mobility in those particular areas. And we started from top to bottom. So starting off with your neck and your head and and relaxing those parts of your body all the way through your torso and arms and legs and pretty much to your toes. And this stretching workout, the purpose was multifaceted. Um, Basically, reasons is just to get somebody who hasn't done any exercise before started because it's very gentle. You can do everything in a chair. If you want to stand, you can. If you want to be on the ground, you can. But for the most part, you can just enjoy the comforts of your own home, bed or chair and do these uh, activities. But it's also it's intended to be that static stretch that can help release stress to increase your range of motion and various muscle groups and joints and tendons. And it's rather gentle. So nothing difficult. Uh, It's just, uh, if I would call it a beginner level stretch. It's nice. And it's, in some ways, it's, it's kind of like a yoga because we don't talk a huge amount about breathing in here, but the breathing is a a strong component, as is it always is in exercise and any of any kind that you do. And I I did the stretch. I've done it this routine several times. You know, working through it and getting the words right and getting the music right and all this all the the little bits and pieces of it. And <laughs> it's it's nice. You know, it's very. It's very relaxing, and I feel so open when I'm finished. I feel expanded and, and lighter. It's really, really nice. I, I, I like it. Well, and with the 
the workout, the stretching workout that we created, it can be done at any time of the day. But they do say, uh, back to the relaxation aspect of stretching, that if you're going to pick one time of the day to stretch, do it before you go to bed. And that helps with your relaxed breathing, getting oxygen into your body. Um, it helps um, reduce any kind of fatigue that you might have throughout the day and get you ready for sleep. Right. And you can, it ends in the bed if you want it to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can do the workout in bed if you would like. <laughs> Some of it anyway. And it's interesting that one of the um, things that my daughter was having issues with sleep and just was uh, having a difficult time not only getting to sleep, but staying asleep. And one of the things that we decided to do was have her do a little exercise routine before she goes to bed. And it worked. I think that's, And it was yeah. all that stretching. It really worked. She didn't, um, you know, she said that some days she had more stress than others so that she would focus a little bit more on the stretching and take a little extra time for stretching. And it helped her tremendously. It's, um, and in this one, I, I encourage people to you know, listen to it a few times and then and learn the stretches. And so that way, no matter where you are, you can you can find a stretch that'll work for you in that in in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stretches, even though it is a beginning beginner, quote unquote, uh, workout, um, this these are the stretches that I use with my competitive athletes. So it's not that it's something that is only for the beginner. These are the, the, the muscle groups that I have my athletes stretch whenever they're you know, pre-workout, post-workout, or competition. Right. I think they're, I think they're really good for the computer user. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, really. I know. The, the wrist and ones. That- the wrist ones. I'm, I'm constantly doing those wrist ones, you know, just just instinctually pulling my fingers back, pulling my hand, my palms back to just stretch out those forearms. Cause we just don't think about stretching a lot of the parts of our body. And it's good to have some, some guidance, I think sometimes. And, and it is because the routines for somebody who's used to exercising such as myself, and I do this for a living, you know, I, I can think of things off the top of my head, but it's not always intuitive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I think people don't think about the fact that they, they really need to lift their arms up over their head. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think, you know, if people don't, if they don't have something to reach for, it doesn't occur to them just to reach their arms up over their head just just for fun, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, and as you're, well, I'm like height challenged, so I'm not very tall. So for me, a lot of activities and a lot of things that I do, I have to reach up over my head, but that's not everybody. Um, and if you visualize somebody who is, say, six feet plus tall, they don't have to reach up over their head to do a lot of things. And they're looking down a lot of times because the rest of the world is lower than they are. <laughs> and it does, it causes a lot of issues physically for people who are taller. So it's, uh, and if we're sitting at a desk working at a computer, the tendency is that 
you know, our chins are closer to our chest. Um, that's just a tendency. And when your chin is close to your chest, you're rounding your upper back, and then your lower back gets rounded, and it causes some of the awkwardness and pain and discomfort that could happen over time by not having good posture. That's so right. Lots and of breathing. Why stretching would help. I think I think breathing mm-hmm. breathing gets really compromised when you have that slumped over kind of posture. Your lungs just don't get to expand the way they ought to. And and that is one of those like if you could visualize that as you're leaning forward, you're compressing your ribs inward towards your body, and that's what your lungs are. So your lungs physically don't have enough space whenever you're slumped over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's um let's get the um the answer to the controversy of when to stretch. Do you stretch before <laughs> your exercise? Do you stretch after your exercise? Do you stretch both times? So what do you think? It is a both times thing. <laughs> Always. It is. Before this is what I do with my clients. Before a workout, we do a dynamic stretch. So that means we're using a flowing movement to stretch various body parts. And just as an example, say I'm standing up and I want to stretch my lower back. So what I would do is I would uh, balance on one foot and bring one knee in toward and hug my knee in toward my chest and then let it go. And then I take my other knee and bring it in toward my chest and let it go. And then I would repeat that and just using that movement to stretch the body. So that's a dynamic stretch at the beginning of a workout. The end of the workout, that's whenever you use a static stretch. So that's whenever you're holding a stretch as as much as you can for about 20 to 30 seconds. And stretching should always, you should feel it, but it should not be painful. Right. So if you're feeling any kind of sharpness, then you need to... You need to back off. Definitely. Yeah. So it, that's um, that's that's pretty much. I think the the going the going rule now is you do the the dynamic stretching in the beginning just to warm your muscles up, mm-hmm. get everything nice and mm-hmm. warm and lubricated, and then you do the static stretching at the end. But we're not ever mm-hmm. bouncing anymore. No ballistic stretching anymore. No bouncing. You can also do the the myofascial release with the foam roller. That's another type of stretching that typically is done before a workout. Oh, that makes me want to go get a massage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So just think next time somebody gets a massage, that's the precursor to exercising. So. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. You get a massage and then you go home <laughs> and go to sleep. <laughs> that sounds better. Actually, I, actually, I, I drink I, like a gallon of water. I get a massage and then just drink and drink and drink tons of water to just clear all that stuff out of my body, which is important to do after stretching, too, because the same mm-hmm. thing's happening. That metabolic waste is is coming out of the muscles and going into your bloodstream, so you need the water to help clear that out. Definitely. I had to, I had to get that water plug in there, you know. My, <laughs> my kids call me the water Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's I know. true, especially like we're coming off the summer year, the summer season um, here in Pennsylvania, and 
um, the, I, so many people I know um, had you know, negative um, repercussions to dehydration. Uh, they, so many people said they had headaches over the summer and they realized it was because they were not hydrating. Yep. Yep. I'm wondering why, if that's why my back's hurting a little bit, you know, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't usually have this, but this morning I just, okay, hmm, something's going on. I think I'll drink some water. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the magic elixir. Yep. It is. It's def- definitely is. So, so Barb, um, Let's. Ha- is there anything else we can think of that we haven't covered about that's important about stretching that you can think of? Well, I am always about literature and research and the technical aspects of exercise and movement. And so one of the things that I, questions that I get a lot is what is fascia? So like myofascial mm-hmm. release. Yes this it's really popular right now and a lot of people scratch their head and say I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so fascia is actually part of your muscle each if you envision what your muscles look like they're a bunch of strands and there's lots and lots of chemicals and makeup that go into those strands we won't get into that but there's a term that kind of generalizes what those strands are and that's the fascia right. that you'll hear so myofascial release is stretching each of those strands out individually. Um, and th- that's a big question that I get from many of my clients and customers. Right. Um, and, and fascia. Whenever they're talking about that. Fascia is, you know, in the massage world, fascia is that sort of that envelope that encapsulates the strands and the muscles and your whole body is, you know, is held within this fascia. And what can happen sometimes is you'll get injured, like a scar, or you'll have surgery or whatever. And that, that actually corrupts and interrupts that smooth, free-flowing fascia. So we need to break up that scar tissue. So mm. stretching... Stretching helps to loosen the fascia so that everything glides in and out and through the way it's supposed to and doesn't get caught up. So that's what that fascia, Mm -hmm. myofascial release is. Oh, it's a fabulous massage technique. And it, and Mm -hmm. the stretch doing, you can do it for yourself as well with stretching. So that's my, Mm -hmm. that's my little blurb on (laughs) fascia. Yeah. And I mean, it is a technical piece of stretching but it's it you hear like these terms being thrown around and a lot and so I just want to make sure that we and I'm glad that you have all this additional information about it so that people are educated and aware oh I have I have a word for you and then we'll wrap it up but I have to tell you this word and you might already know this word have you heard of pandiculation oh my gosh no I (laughs) what is pandiculation that is what dogs and cats do and what people do it's that it's that innate um stretch that we do in the morning when we wake up you know how you wake up and you just kind of naturally stretch your body and cats and dogs that's called a pandiculation it's a noun (laughs) oh my goodness i learned it yesterday gonna help me in scrabble (laughs) i learned it yesterday (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. That's, but, and the thing is, we do it unconsciously. Yeah, that's right. It just, it just happens. Yeah. You know, I have one other thing that I just thought about that might be helpful for your listeners when it comes to stretching. Um, and it's tools that you can use, not just the foam rollers, but, uh, and you'll see this in yoga, that there's yoga bands or belts um, that you can use to help if you say, if you can't reach your leg, your foot to be able to help stretch your, the back of your leg, you can use a, a belt or a tie, like a, a gentleman's right. tie yep. to help you reach those body parts and help give yourself a little additional pull and stretch. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. I, yeah, that's and it's really helpful. I use a wall constantly for stretching, like putting my foot up on a wall so that I can stretch the back of my leg or I put my hand on the wall and, and turn so I can stretch my shoulders. Um, just so different objects. You're not on your own. You can you can have these fun objects to help you with your stretching. Oh yeah, that's good. That's that's really good. In a chair, you know, there are all kinds mm-hmm. of ways to play around with a with a chair too. So yeah, there, we have all kinds of options. We just have to do them. <laughs> well, maybe that's the next question. How, how can we get motivated to do these things? <laughs> well, it's the kind of thing. It feeds on itself. If, if you know intellectually in your brain that, yes, stretching is good for me, so then you have to make the choice to stretch. And then once you've made the choice to stretch just because it's good for you, then it builds on itself because you feel better, so then you want to do it again. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, all, it's a mindset first and a decision first, and then it feeds on itself after that. It's, and, and this is another topic for another day, but there's such a thing as exercise addiction, but you do, you, it's, you feel good when you do it. So why wouldn't you want to keep doing it? Well, and if you've gone, if you're going to have an addiction, that's a good one, you know, exactly. but, but it, it does, <laughs> it does have its problems. I mean, I, I did massage therapy for 32 years and I worked on people that were addicted really addicted to to marathons and long distance running and they continued to injure themselves but they they couldn't stop and so they would keep going back and re-injuring and re-injuring and you know that that's not a good thing either but I got a feeling there're not too many of us in that category <laughs> not there's not a ton of people not a ton of people out there that do but it does exist I'm not addicted to exercise, but I, I, I feel better. And so I'm motivated to do it. And if I don't do it, you know, I, I really start to feel sluggy, you know? Well, and as we're having this conversation about stretching and and one of the ideas is stretching at night so that you can relax and, and sleep better. I tend to do my exercise routine in the morning. So it helps wake me up. Yeah. Yeah, if I don't do it in the morning, I don't do it usually. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Barb, I guess we better we better wrap this up. It's uh, been, been a fun conversation, and as usual, I think we could probably just sort of ramble all around for a long time. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> We could definitely get off on tangents if we would like to. But thank you so much, Mel, for having me on again. I always enjoy talking with you and... and 
and who doesn't like talking about something that you're really passionate about? That's right. So let's tell everybody uh, where where you can be found uh, in case somebody wants to to get mm-hmm. in touch with you. And you were telling me before we actually started this call that you do um, you can do video uh, fitness training. So I don't know. Yeah, it might be kind of cool. It's it is something that's very fun. I tend to do this with my out of town clients. And we use video conferencing. We are talking about different products that you can use for video conferencing. And um, so it's video and audio. And I can walk people through the various exercises that we're going to be doing for that day. And I give people workouts that they can do on their own. And it's a great way to help people who have a hard time getting out of the house or getting to me or me getting to them. Uh, but you can find more information about my services at www.barbspersonaltraining.com. So it's B-A-R-B-S personaltraining.com. And I am always open to any questions, comments, or concerns. Very good. So that contact will be in the show notes. So very Great. good. Thanks a lot, Barb. Thank you, Mel. Mystic Access prides itself on creating comprehensive, empowering, and easy-to-follow audio tutorials and custom training and consulting packages to meet your unique needs and desires. Created by the blind for the blind, our trainings and materials are carefully designed to be intuitive, friendly, and fun to use. Whether you're interested in gaining extensive knowledge about HumanWare's Victor Reader Stream New Generation, Amazon's line of Alexa products such as the Echo and Dot, discovering the perfect Bluetooth speaker for you, which includes built-in voice prompts and audio tutorials included with your purchase, or having a tutorial or one-on-one training or consulting package designed especially for you, we can help. Learn all about our ever-expanding offerings, including our free 12-hour audio tutorial on HumanWare's BrailleNote Touch at www.mysticaccess.com or call us at 716 716- Five four three 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 two three. Phone orders are welcome. We look forward to sharing our products and services with you. Thanks for checking out Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. It's time now for Fitness Speak. Hi, everybody. This is Fitness Speak. It's been a long time since I've done a fitness speak, and what we were doing was doing, uh, going through all the different body fluids in the body, and honestly, I'm a little bit bored with it, so I decided to do something a little bit different today. I probably will come back to it, but what I want to do right now is just run through quickly the main fluids that I did not touch on, so you'll have an idea of what they are. The first one is vitreous fluid, and that's the fluid that is in our eyes. It holds the shape of our eyes and can also be the origin of quite a few eye conditions like glaucoma, and it can get cloudy. So that's vitreous fluid. The other one is amniotic fluid. That is the fluid that a fetus floats in when it is in the uterus. Uh, It's softening, it protects, it nourishes the baby while it's in the mother's womb. And, of course, you can't have a baby unless you have semen. And semen is the fluid that 
carries the sperm cells in the male, and that fluid then joins with the egg in the female, and that's where babies come from, if you didn't know that already. The other fluid is interstitial fluid, and interstitial means in between spaces or in between tissues. So there's this fluid that's in our body and it flows and it the cells and all of our tissues rest in this interstitial fluid and it's mostly water. It's also considered sometimes as the lymphatic fluid. Lymphatic fluid is if if your arms swell, let's say you had surgery and your arm got really huge or your legs got really huge and you swell, that's called lymphedema. And that is the lymphatic fluid that gets caught up in those interstitial spaces and can't get out. So that's interstitial fluid. There are other fluids. There's cerumen and what else is there? Oh my gosh, there's so many other Uh, wonderful things that our bodies make, uh, bile, but we're not going to go into that. Instead, I'm going to begin to just tell you a little bit about where your organs are placed in your body. I have been surprised at how often I come across someone who doesn't know where their organs are in their body. And we live in our bodies, and I think it's important to just kind of take a tour of where things are. So I'm going to begin at the top of the body, and we're just going to go really, really quickly through this. There's there's nothing in the ears or the in the head that I want to talk about, except the brain, of course. Everybody knows where where their brain is. The thyroid gland is in your neck. And that is what the doctor checks when, you know, most of the time when you go to the doctor's office, they'll pat around on your neck and they'll ask you to swallow. They're looking to see if your thyroid gland is enlarged. So then we move down. This is all part of the endocrine system. The thymus gland is a gland that a lot of times shrinks as we get older, but it is still active, and it's right underneath the breastbone, and it it has a lot to do with the immune system. Then we go down to the adrenals, and adrenals are super important for all the hormones, not all the hormones, but a lot of the hormone regulation in our body, and the adrenals sit right up on top of the kidneys on both sides. And the kidneys are more towards the back of our body. And they lie towards the back, but higher up. A lot of times you might hear of somebody getting kicked in the back and their kidneys getting bruised. So they are on both sides towards the back of your body. And then the kidneys go through, um, there's a there's tubes that go from the kidneys into the, uh, they're called ureters. They go into the urinary bladder, which 
is right at the bottom of the pelvis, and that's what holds the urine. And then the let's go down further with the endocrine system. So ovaries are on either side of at the at the in a fem in the female they they're next to the the uterus in the female body and they are what produces eggs and release eggs and the eggs go through fallopian tubes and then go into the uterus and the uterus is a pear-shaped organ right in the pelvic floor and it empties out into the vagina and then goes out of the body. Now in men we have testicles and the testicles are what produce the sperm that then are projected out with the semen and the testicles are in the scrotum right between men's legs. I think most of you probably know where that is and so then let's go let's go back up lungs i think everybody pretty much knows where their lungs are in the chest wall and then your heart is a little bit to the left most people know where the heart is because you can feel it beating and then your stomach is right at the bottom of your rib cage and it's in the center and it changes in sizes. It can shrink really small or get really large according to how much food you've eaten. And the stomach is subject to shrinking. Uh, if you don't eat a lot, if you don't have a big appetite, a lot of people say, well, they don't have a very big stomach. So that's, uh, that's the stomach. And the stomach is at the end of a tube that connects from your mouth to your stomach. And that tube is called the esophagus. And it's that long muscular tube that when you swallow, it empties into the, into the stomach. And then your stomach empties into the small intestine. And the intestine, and that is singular. It seems like it would be plural, but this small intestine is this long tube that just pushes the, the food through it and absorbs the food. And exercise is very helpful to help the small intestines push the food through that whole system. And so then the small intestine empties into the large intestine. And that happens usually in the lower left part of the abdominal cavity. Nope, I said that wrong. The lower right part of the abdominal cavity, which is also where your appendix lies. If you get appendicitis, most of the time you're going to feel that pain on the lower right side of your abdomen. So then the small intestine empties into the large intestine. It goes up the right side and curves around just under the liver. I'll talk about the liver in a minute. And then that's called the ascending colon. And it goes, it goes around the corner and then goes across, which is called the transverse colon. And then it turns another 
corner just around uh, right up under the pancreas, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then it turns a corner and goes into the descending colon, which then goes into the rectum and then out, out of the body. The waste material then goes out of the body. And again, good posture and exercise really helps the waste products move out of your body quickly and efficiently and without pain. So let's then go back up to the liver. The liver is a large organ and it is on the right side of your body. It's under the right rib cage. You can feel some, if you can, you can palpate the liver. If you try really hard, you can dig deep into your abdominal cavity. A doctor, a lot of times, if you go to the doctor, will actually sort of knock around and see uh, where the liver is located to make sure that it's not too large. And the liver is responsible for filtering and digesting and many, many other things I won't get into today. And then the gallbladder is right there. It It is connected with the liver. And a lot of times, sometimes people have to have their gallbladders removed because it gets what's called gallstones in it. And some people are genetically predisposed to having gallstones. Sometimes it has to do with diet and they can be very, very painful gallstones. So that's also on the right side of the, uh, right below the, the rib cage. And the pancreas is on the left side, just up under your rib cage on the left side of your body. And that is responsible for making and controlling insulin. So if you happen to be diabetic, your pancreas is very much involved in that whole condition. Your spleen, which is also part of the immune system and the filtration system, that is right there up under the rib cage on the left side, right near your pancreas. So what have I forgotten? I'm sure there's a bazillion different uh, things that go on in our body, but I mainly just wanted to give people just a quick rundown of what's in there. And I'm hoping to cover all of the organ systems in more detail as we go along with Fitness Speak. So hopefully you've learned something today, super, super basic, and yet it's, it's good information to have, and so I hope you enjoyed this little lesson today. Phew, finally made it. Yeah, and I feel like I walked for miles just to get here. My feet are really aching. My feet are okay, but my back is really tired and sore. I know, I know, there's this neat little invention called rolling luggage, but I have so much stuff and I just don't like the idea of it being stored out of my reach. That means all the important stuff is carried on my back. I know the feeling. If it's really important, I want it right with me. I don't have to worry about back pain anymore, though, thanks to the back T-Pack. It divides the weight evenly, so it's distributed on either side. It puts things right under my arms and hands, so they're within easy reach. I'm concerned that someone being really careful could open my pack and take something from it. The design of the back T-Pack sounds like it might cut down on that. 
Yeah, and because everything is close at hand, there's no need to take it on and off, on and off, every time I need to add something to it or get something out. And I can use it to carry more than I would be able to fit in the average medium to large backpack. So that's a winner too. The cool thing is that all kinds of people use the back pack Hikers, students, tech enthusiasts, people who need to carry oxygen, and frequent travelers. Speaking of travel, I've got to get going, but is there somewhere I can learn more? Absolutely. Just visit blindalive.com slash backtpack. That's B-A-C-K-T-P-A-C-K. You'll find audio, text, and even an interview with Backtpack's creator. Don't forget, it's blindalive.com slash backtpack. I'll remember that. My back will be sure to remind me. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the time that you devote to checking out the content we bring you, and we hope you enjoy it. If you have suggestions, we'd love to hear them, so please don't hesitate to contact us. You can use the contact form on our website, www.blindalive.com. You can also send email to support at blindalive. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or join our Blind Alive community on Facebook. Either way, we'd love to be in touch with you. Thanks for listening, and as Mel always says, good health to you.